All right. Well, then let's make an awkward intro. I like an awkward intro. Oh, we stepped right in it, though. Hey, Zach. Yeah. Nice tits. Excuse me? Yeah, that's it. Awkward. Oh, well, um... (laughs) Thank you. I, I wasn't sure if you're talking about like you you like this band or you really like my tits. I don't know what that band is. Why not both? <laughs> Why not? Except I still don't know who that band is. Between the Buried and Me, I, I'm sure I've heard them. They're more metally, so I thought maybe you yeah. if you'd know them and like them. Oh yeah. You know what I found myself listening to and then completely forgetting who it was. Hmm. Thirty seconds to Mars, <laughs> and then I was like. This is such a good chorus. It's like that Bury Me song. And then I looked up the video. I'm like, wait a fucking second. That's right. (laughs) Fucking Jared Leto. You know, I was listening to uh, the Spotify playlist today. That was like 70s and 80s punk music. I just Mm -hmm. wanted to listen to a bunch of Reagan era punk. And it made me happy. Mm -hmm. But um, I Want to Be Sedated by the Ramones came on. And all... I could think at that time was the reason I fucking know about this song is partly because of Jared Leto. Really? What were you, were you going to say the movie carpool? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I saw you get all excited there for a moment. (laughs) So my eldest sister loved the show, my so-called life, Mm. which in turn I love. I think that show is amazing. Sure. Uh, Jared Leto was the heartthrob Jordan Catalano on that show. And in one episode, his band is playing at some club. And if I got the plot right, uh, they invite Claire Danes up on stage to sing. I want to be sedated by the Ramones. And she gets stage fright and runs off. And then Jared Leto is just singing. I want to be sedated by the Ramones. It was the first time I'd ever heard that song. Wow. Yeah. Well, we all get introduced to things interestingly. People like to get on their high horse and say, oh, I know this song. But, you know, so many things we discover through random little stuff. Yeah. Like, I didn't even know what a Ramon was yeah. at, at that point in my life. I mean, that right. was like, I was like 9, 10 when that show came on. Right. Yep. So, also, that show rules. So, you need something also, to watch. Watch that show. Carpool rules. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't love a movie about or that has a minivan driving through a mall or any vehicle driving Mm. through a mall? Yeah, like the Blues Brothers. Yeah, it's a staple. No, the funny thing, I went and saw um, Between the Buried and Me back in 2016, and I hadn't, you know, looked, I hadn't seen like many music videos. I just knew their music. So as soon as I got there and the guy comes up, the lead singer, I'm like, that's what's his face, the actor who played Gaius Baltar in Battlestar Galactica. He looks just like him. (laughs) Nice. <laughs> wonderful. Well, do you it's guys wonderful. want to talk about a movie? Yeah, let's talk about a movie. you beautiful people out there in podcast land my name is paul workman i'm jonathan pierce and i'm zach mccoy sorry you got me sleeping <laughs> get, get lost there 
Lost in the sauce. <laughs> and we are your Oscar Grouches, and welcome back to the Oscar Podcast, a show we discuss Oscar winners throughout history and try to determine where the Academy went wrong, if they went wrong. What film are we watching this week, Zach? We're watching An American in Paris. Gene Kelly dances across the city of love, causing both men and women to get wrapped up in his charm. Mm, and charmed we were. This is, <laughs> this is the dumbest question I've ever asked on this show. Is this the first time you've watched this movie? <laughs> no. No. Does anybody remember the first time they watched this movie? I don't have an exact date, but it was when we watched it for Best Picture. Yes, episode 25. I don't have the date either, but uh, I, well, you I at least had the episode. Up. Yeah, because I cheated a little bit and I, I, I took a peek at it. And it's so silly that I messed up the intro because I used the same intro that we used last time. <laughs> I couldn't read my own handwriting. And I watched it back in like 2006 for the AFI Top 100. Nice. Uh, pretty sure that was the story I told on the other episode. Mm-hmm. So is this the first time we've had a... Uh... Yeah, it's our first repeat. Nice. This was mm-hmm. the first. Won't be the last. Right. So let's do an Oscar breakdown. Break it down. Best story and screenplay still. American in Paris wins, giving Alan J. Lerner an Academy Award. He beats Ace in the Hole with the last year's winner, Billy Wilder, getting a nomination. Mm-hmm. Lesser Samuels, not the greater Samuels. And Walter Newman, also Academy Award nominees. Uh, David and Beth Sheba giving Philip Dune an Academy or Dunn an Academy Award. Uh, Go for Broke giving uh, former winner Robert Peroche a nomination. And uh, The Well giving Clarence Green and Russell Rouse mm. nominations. Baby Jessica. Baby Jessica. What? Yo, Baby Jessica came up in conversation the other day. <laughs> Why is this happening? Was she in The Well? No, I can't remember. I don't <laughs> I don't remember why it came up in conversation, but we, me and Leanne were explaining to Owen about baby Jessica because it was like the first big news moment that I can remember in my lifetime. (laughs) I was a little too young for the challenger. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Like that was the, that was the big thing I, I remember from the late eighties was baby Jessica. Uh, Weird. Uh, American Paris also picks up nominations for Best Motion Picture, which, of course, as we said, it won. Mm-hmm. Arthur Freed for Metro Golden Mayor gets the award, gets nominated for Best Director for Vincent Minnelli and loses to George Stevens for A Place in the Sun. It gets no acting nominations because there is no justice in this world. Mm. Uh, it picks up nominations for... Uh, it gets a win for best scoring of a musical picture, giving Johnny Green and Saul Chaplin Academy Awards. Uh, no song nomination for the Gershwin Brothers. Um, it gets nominated for, I keep saying nominated for before I look, it won best art direction color. Cedric Gibbons, E. Preston Ames, Iowa, and Edwin B. Wills <gasps> and F. Keo Gleason uh, nominations. Uh, wins Best Cinematography Color, giving Alfred Gilks uh, and John Alton, who is specifically listed for Ballet Photography, 
uh, Academy Awards. It wins Best Costume Design Color, giving Ori Kelly, Walter Plunkett, and Irene Sharoff Academy Awards. And it is nominated for Best Film Editing, giving Adrian Faison a nomination, but loses to A Place in the Sun, giving William Hornbeck the Academy Award. And it picks up an honorary award for Gene Kelly for his versatility as an actor, singer, director, and dancer, and specifically for his brilliant achievements, the art of choreography on film. Nice. Uh, And I know I brought it up probably in the other episode, but Rashomon wins Best Foreign Language Film this year. Nice. Oh, yes. Or rather is given Best Foreign Language Film. Yes. And that is our Oscar breakdown. All right. Mm. So just because I had to find out, uh, March 24th, 2021 was when we wow. had last talked about this uh, movie. It's been a year and a half since we last talked about this movie. Twenty Almost two, exactly. Two and, a, two, two and a half years. Yeah. yeah two and a half years. Woo. Man, I can math. Math are hard. All right. So let's talk about this movie. Let's. I still don't like the end. <laughs> I don't fucking care i understand it's gorgeous i understand the dancing's great i think it's stupid <laughs> sorry mm, you're going the, hard the whole dream sequence are we still the dream ballet Just, stupid it, uh, all right stupid's a terrible word <laughs> I just don't think it fits. I think it's great. I think if I got a whole movie of that, I think it'd be a bit more enjoyable. If I had a whole movie without it, I think it'd be enjoyable as well. I think it's completely out of fucking nowhere, and I still don't get it. And I don't care how filthy casual I look saying it. Hmm. Uh, hmm. That being said, fuck, did I enjoy the palate cleanser? <laughs> like, <laughs> I fucking needed it, man. Like, I... I enjoy a happy movie, and this is a happy movie. I know it's like a little like, oh, it's, you know, sad because you know, like she's supposed to be with Henri, but Henri, like, I guess gives her up. I, I don't know. It, it, I don't, I don't know that that whole end just doesn't make sense to me. Get it? Yeah. But I didn't Jonathan through it this time because I remember last time I did because <laughs> it's like twenty five fucking minutes long, <laughs> seventeen. But yeah. <laughs> Uh, so I I pulled out my notebook from last time my notes here uh, in parentheses not much plot (laughs) and the first comment I made I didn't listen to the whole episode because I didn't like want to cheat too much but I the first comment I made when we were talking about the movie is like I'm surprised it won best original um, story slash screenplay whatever you know what yeah called at that time the story and, and screenplay and we kind of talked about how you know it was more of a vehicle but i won't speak for anybody else too much i i still highly enjoy the film i as far as the dream sequences i feel like we have smaller ones that lead up to the bigger one so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm fine with it um but you know there there are some more small things about the film that kind of irked me this time around just because largely because of modern lens and things I'd talked about with friends recently. Paul, uh, you lost your pants last time. Did they stay on or did you lose them again? Oh yeah. They're they're They were gone. I don't <laughs> even think I put them on before I watched this movie. <laughs> uh, this movie rules and the dream ballet is one of the greatest things in cinema. There should be dream ballets in every movie. If they fit. And it fits in here. <laughs> 
Uh, I think uh, I think the Batman could have had a dream ballet and would have been much better. Uh, and uh, and stick it in the nightclub scene. Yeah. Uh, Dune could have had a dream ballet with worms. It could have been fun. <laughs> um, Requiem for a dream, dream ballet, it's Requiem for a dream ballet. <laughs> Ooh. Yes. I, I, I am in my lane when I'm watching old Hollywood musicals. This is where I yeah. belong. I'm very happy and I've had a very weird mental health week. So watching this fucking movie was everything I needed tonight. And I'm so happy that we rewatched this for this episode. And uh, I had recently rewatched on the town. So now I'm really thinking of rewatching singing in the rain. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so fucking good. Um, yeah. No, this I love this movie. I love it so much. Yeah. I'm not going to sit here and talk bad about it because I, I really do enjoy it. I'm not, you know, notoriously not as into musicals, but I do like this era. And uh, just watching Gene Kelly is so much fun. He's so effortless and smooth and beautiful. I don't know how that man exists. Yeah. It's kind of wild that he does. Yeah. And he directed the choreography for this. So that's even more impressive. Yeah. And yeah, it, it looks like his choreography. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm not going to shit on the movie. I, I, I will say, let's talk about it. Cause it's what's supposed to, we're here for a, a, this, the script was, was not what we're here for. Like, it's not what this movie is about. I mean, it's got, it's, it's got a story, but I don't think that there was anything exceptional about it. I don't think, uh, I think there's some decent writing in the first 15, 20 minutes, some really good dialogue and stuff. And maybe that's one of the things that kind of stood out about it. Plus I, I don't know what it would look like to read it, how much direction stage direction, or is that like counted in a screenplay like this? I don't know, but I mean, if, if, if the, if the writer thinks it up, it's part of the screenplay. Yeah. So, uh, you know, and I, I had the question watching this, like, did they hit page 70 and it just says dream ballet in all caps or was it like, okay, here's yeah. beat for, here's beat for beat. What we're going to do in the dream ballet. Did, did they work? Yeah. Did they, did they work with Gene Kelly for it? Or did the writer just say, I, I want this to happen and I want this to happen. I want them to dance around in a lot of Toulouse track paintings. Like what was written there? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I, I could also see it just being like, okay, and we hit page 70, and Gene, <laughs> take you <it> take over. <laughs> so I'll, um, I guess I'll come out and kind of address my ickies with the script or the story. Okay. And it's just, you know, the whole, the way he uh, oh, I know approaches Lisa. Like, yeah. It, that it was very aggressive and very, like... the. The night scene, uh, the yeah. nightclub scene was aggressive, but I was like, okay. But then, you know, calling her at work and her saying, do not come here, and then showing up at work, that's the kind of stuff these days <laughs> you get a restraining order or something against you. Right. And, and, but I get it's an all, a romanticized film, but it's just like. I just, the nightclub scene was what turned me off completely just because of the whole, like, there was like one line where he's just like, hey, give me a minute. Like, not, nah, dude. She said no, like, three times at this point. Fucking yeah. stop. Yeah, but yeah, and I like to say I'd like to think it's modern lens, but she's clearly uncomfortable in the film. Yeah, and 
I don't know. But and it's I guess it comes down to the whole thing with her and Henri. It's like she feels uh, not the word, the word loyal isn't what I'm maybe uh, obliged or whatever that she's not really so much in love with him. So yeah, there's a yeah. there's a door Whoa. open there. Well, and they, and they bring, she even says, like, I fell in love with him, and then he grew to love me, right. is what she said. And I'm just like, yeah, like you said, I don't think obligated is the word, but and it just kind of comes off as, you know, her basically going, is this what love is? Mm-hmm. So, is this what I'm supposed to do? So, um, yeah, I'm also bothered by one small thing. Uh when the two French people are talking to each other, still in English, <laughs> I just, that didn't make sense to me, especially in France. Just, I feel like this movie could have done subtitles in those areas, but that's a small nitpicky, stupid thing, but it just, it it, it, it bugged me. One thing I, I saw, or uh, Caitlin actually pointed out that I, I don't remember if Paul had brought it up last time where I forgot about it, but, I didn't realize, you know, Winston Churchill had gone to Paris like to be a painter, like it's discussed. And then there's that one scene where um, Gene Kelly's walking past the guy and he like does a double take. And Caitlin's like, is that supposed to be Churchill? I'm like, oh, yeah, good, I, good point. I saw him too. And I was like, this Churchill looking motherfucker right here. It's <laughs> <laughs> another giant cigar hanging out of his mouth. Yeah. So that was something I, I didn't notice the first time around. Yeah. That chuckle worthy. But that being said. Yeah. It's 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 still it's it's still a good movie. I I it's, I love it. It's, it's I great. think it's a great movie. I uh, I think some of this dialogue is the absolute snappiest, uh, especially anything with him and the uh, the piano player in the beginning of the movie. Like Zach said, mm. the, the mm. two of them just have such good chemistry and they play off each other so well. Yep. But I'm pretty sure that Gene Kelly could have chemistry with a wet blanket, like. A literal wet blanket. Yeah. <laughs> It'd swing that thing around. The water would do. Are we talking about Gene loops. Kelly or the wet blanket? <laughs> <laughs> Both. Yeah. So, yeah. I, like I said, I, I, I have my nitpicks and I do feel I understand again that it's, it's the, the, the dream ballet is good. It's great. It's amazing. It's just fucking at it. It's not, not out of nowhere. It's not out of nowhere. I understand it's not out of nowhere. The length of it is out of fucking nowhere. Oh, man. And then there's another good one. It's Singing in the Rain. Gene Kelly does Dream Ballet so mm-hmm. well. That's fair. Uh, yeah. And I mean, it's not out of nowhere. As Zach said, you know, we, we start out the movie. We learn about Leslie Karen's character through mm-hmm. through that like portal dream sequence thing where... Mm-hmm. Henri is just talking about all the things she does and we're yeah. seeing her different facets and her, the way she dances. Oh my God. <laughs> really good. It's kind of naughty on that the, first one, especially the, when he's just it's like, so she's lusty. Oh <laughs> the, yeah. And there's a note about the, the codes like saying that, that chair seems a little. Yeah. So I was going to ask about that. Cause I was like, that chair dance was a uh, naughty. I guess Leslie Caron, uh, or she replied to the complaint. She's like, what what do you think you can do to a chair? (laughs) (laughs) It's funny. Nice. 
What was that? A new uh, frolfing shirt you got there. Oh, yeah. Says him. Nice. Wife got, she got, my wife got me this. I'm here to hit trees and curse. <laughs> mm. She got me another one that's like, I it's like in big letters, it says, I love my wife. And then, but you look, it says, I love that my wife lets me disc golf. Gotcha. You know, I always wanted a, uh, a shirt of Rolf from the Muppets frolfing. Yes. <laughs> Rolf, Rolf. Rolf, Rolf. Or from Ed, Ed and Eddie. Never watched that show. <gasps> Maybe it's probably a little late uh, for you in your age, but it's uh, surprisingly good. I mean, Jonathan gasped, <laughs> gasp, and he's only like, what, yeah. six months younger than I am? <laughs> to be fair, I am. 12 and will always be 12. So at Ed, Ed, Eddie just uh, was one of those shows that came out. And I was like, I love the shit out of this. Yeah. I just, I just didn't catch it or didn't. I don't know. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. I ne- I've never watched a single episode of that show. Gotcha. Well, there's a character named Rolf. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> also a character named Rolf in the uh, sound of music. So. Hmm. Uh, All right. Well, now that we're bringing up Ed, Ed, Nettie, <laughs> <laughs> anybody got any additional notes on this film this is one of those ones I knew this might be tough because we've seen this film and I think it's good to come back to it and kind of especially you know two and a half years later something that yeah. the academy should at least look back and go you know did this deserve that yeah I say 10 years the academy should just no no academy awards for 10 years and then pick it up at the date that they stopped uh, I believe we've floated that quite a few times on the show at this point yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. So I yeah, I I don't have anything else to add. If you want to hear anything more, go back and listen to episode 25. I think as we get into more repeats that are maybe a little more plot heavy. Yeah, we'll, we'll it, talk yeah, this is better. this is really a, a film that is set up to move from set piece to set piece and yeah. the plot is thin. Uh I I Really like the storyline with uh, Gene Kelly and his his donor Milo. Uh, yeah, Venus to Milo, and I, I absolutely love when they go to the party at the end, and his uh, the piano player is like, "Yeah, he's got a donor that's got more nerve than she does money." She's like, "You know, I'm his donor." Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> nice. Good bit of writing right there. <laughs> All right. Yeah, it's a beautiful, beautiful film, and I enjoy it. It is. It, it, is. it is a gorgeous film. This is our first colored film, I believe. Uh, I well, like that was that, that poorly you... worded. <laughs> or did I miss one? Yeah, you, uh, you missed Wilson. Wilson. Wilson, that's right. Okay. So it's my first one. Yeah. yeah. So, all right. Yeah. Well, um, I'm sure we did it then, but we may not have. Paul, this yes. movie in the Library of Congress. Well, that's my question to you. Do you think it's in? And what year do you think it got in if you don't remember? I don't. Mm. So I'm going to say yes, 1998, because that's my guess always. Mm. Yes. uh, I didn't write down the year, so that's good. Now I can guess. Um, I think it was like, mm, I'm pretty sure it was in the 90s. I'm going to say 95. Uh, Well, both of you went over. Nobody wins the prices right. It was 1993. Ah, no, uh, it is in, and it uh, and other films from 1951 that got in include uh, the African Queen, 
uh, Place in the Sun, Strangers on a Train, Streetcar Named Desire, The Thing from Another World, which was the inspiration for John Carpenter's The Thing, mm-hmm. and uh, Duck and Cover. All right. Duck and Cover. When you hear that blast. <laughs> All right. Well, let's go ahead and jump in then to our Oscar worsties. Every time you say it wrong, you say the same thing. <laughs> yeah, worsty judgments. God damn it. Son of a I don't even hear myself doing it. I'm just like, yeah, no, I said it. All right. And Zach. Yeah. Does this movie deserve best original screenplay? Uh, so it. Uh, this is a continued problem that all my favorites, again, are in the um, adapted. The adapted is so stacked this year. Um. So I've actually only seen one of the other in original, and it's been a long time. I I had seen Ace in the Hole, and I, I feel like that is a better script from what I can recall. But Billy Wilder had just won the year before, so I, and he'd, he'd won, you know, an Oscar for uh, Lost Weekend. So I don't know if this is a case of, like, eh, he's already got one. Let's Let's go with somebody else. So I have a hard time saying... Yes, I'm going to have to say I don't think it deserved best original screenplay. I'm fine with a lot of the other things it won. No. All right. Um. Yep. Haven't seen any of the other ones. So, I guess if that's the case, then yes, it deserves it. I do think it's great. I don't think the story is where the screenplay is where this movie shines. I think it shines just about everywhere else. But yeah. I mean, it's still great. Mm. So, yeah. Paul. Yes. Does this movie deserve best original screenplay? Oh, I, I pretty much have one question before I answer this. And uh, I know neither of you are going to be able to answer it, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Did the writer write the dream ballet? Because if the answer is yes, the answer is hell yes, this deserved best original screenplay. But if he didn't, the answer is, hell yes, this deserves best original screenplay. (laughs) This is a great script. It's functional. It tells a good story. uh, It has really snappy dialogue. And uh, there's a dream ballet. There's nothing wrong with this script. This is kind of a perfect script. Whether the execution is up to par is debatable. But I think it really stands wonderfully and... uh, I think I fall in love with this movie more every time I watch it. All right. Well, Zach. Yeah. Is this the worst original screenplay? It is not. I need to pull up my list here real quick because I haven't ranked it yet. I had um, originally on the best picture, I'd ranked it at number 67 overall with three and a half stars, which, you know, there's issues sometimes with the film. And occasionally I find myself like, looking down, doing something else during some of the longer sequences, even though I still find them beautiful and engaging for the most part, but I I can not totally there with it, but I think I am going to bump it up to four stars rather than three and a half. Um, But I'm going to put it at my number six for now behind the great McGinty as far as a screenplay goes. So four stars, not the worst. All right. I like how you brought up the uh, best picture. I had it at number 37. 
So I had it uh, pretty high up there, just under one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Um, that being said, uh, of what we've seen here so far, I got it at my number five. It's, again, I think just as, as great as that dream ballet is, I still have problems with it, but it's still great. So um, I have it underneath the Bachelor and the Bobby Soxer. I like I like that one just a little bit more. Mm. Definitely above Mary Louise. So, Paul, yeah, is this the worst best original screenplay? No, by a long shot. Um, I haven't ranked it either. I'm thinking maybe my number four under Marie Louise. I'll, I'll say that for now. Okay. I'm just having trouble ranking this one. I. And I just looked at my best picture list and I think I have it too low, but also I have like a million five stars on that list. So we'll have to, I'll have to figure that all out. Fair Love enough. this movie. Love this movie. It is a good movie. All right. Well, I think that is where we are going to call it here for today. My name is Jonathan Pierce. You can find me on the Twitter, Twitch, TikTok, and on letterbox at all torn underscore Occam. Zach, where can we find you? Find me on Quitaker, Zach Master, X-A-K-K-M-A-S-T-E-R, TikTok House Havoc, and Letterboxd by searching my name, Mr. Workman. Uh, you can follow me at Shark Dressman on uh, TikTok, where Joseph Tappy and I are covering all sorts of shark-related content. And you can follow me at Father of the Fear on Letterboxd, where I'm keeping a running tally of all the films that I watched. And this week, I watched myself complete the story mode on Pokemon Legends Arceus. Yes. Nice. I'm working on the Pokedex for that because that's how you get Arceus in that game. It's by okay. completing the Pokedex. There, there are a lot of things that I liked in Arceus that I wish they would have bring into the main games. Everything but the battle engine. I fucking hate the battle engine. Sure, sure. It makes no sense to me. Nope, fair enough. Just be in a battle and your opponent Pokemon's like, I get three moves. And then you get one. I'm like, why? Why is this okay? <laughs> it's not. It's not okay. Not even a little. Fair enough. But I, uh, I like the game because uh, the point to the game is to complete Pokedex. And that's my favorite part of all Pokemon games, which is why I loved Pokemon Go so much. Fair enough. I like completing Pokedex. I like catching Pokemon. I like collecting them. Uh, and I'm only eight Pokemon away from, yeah, that's it. Eight Pokemon <laughs> away from, um, I do this, um, completing the Pokemon home Pokedex. Oh, but a couple of those Pokemon are next to impossible to get right now. Yeah. Isn't Pokemon home like just like all of them? Yeah. It's, it's pretty much just a storage app, but yeah. there's still like goals and things that you could do inside of it. Uh, and I just want to complete the Pokedex in there, and I want to get a complete shiny Pokedex in there. Ooh. Which, that's, that's a lifetime goal, sir. That is a lifetime goal. But um, Pokemon Go makes that a lot easier. Sure. Because, because of how easy it is to get shinies in that game. Yeah. Compared to other games. So I did get a shiny Shinx in Pokemon Legends Arceus this week. Nice. It's only the third time I found a shiny in any Pokemon game, and only the second time I've caught one. <laughs> nice. 
so oh, much right. Poke talk, Pokemon talk lately. Sorry. Yeah, that's no, that's good. I was just thinking I should tell a friend who really likes Pokemon. Listen to the pod. A lot of Pokemon content. <laughs> I'll try to keep that up if they listen. So yeah. let me know if they're listening and I'll I'll keep bringing Pokemon up. Okay. We're, we're going to keep bringing Pokemon up either way. Honestly. Either way, let's, but let's, let's I'll, I'll make it a point. Yeah. Right now, it's just like my micro obsession that mm-hmm. I'm very hyper focused on. So I'm talking about it a lot. Uh, and September 13th, the first DLC pack for uh, Scarlet and Violet is going to be coming out. So that's going to be right around the time this episode's coming out. And so I'll be talking about that probably a lot. Uh, <laughs> Because <laughs> there's a lot of cool things going on in that game. Yeah. They just dropped a, a new Pokemon reveal just this week mm. for a, uh, a ghost Pokemon that paints the, the town red. Yeah. Well, actually green. Oh. Um, so what is that? What is that Japanese? Um, uh, when they fix like pottery and they put the gold in it. Oh, to fix like cracks and things. Yeah, uh, I know what you're talking I f- about. I, I forget. I forget what that artist is called. Anyway, so this Pokemon does that, but he does it with matcha, and it's all green. And his name is Poltergeist. <laughs> that is a good one. Uh, so I'm, I'm excited for that Pokemon. Yes, Zach. What are we watching next? Week? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Well, something I'm very excited to watch, and I'm sure Jonathan is too, because it's only 81 minutes long. The Lavender Hill Mob, which is available to rent on Amazon, Apple TV, or Vudu. Oh, I'm so excited for this movie. Yes. Uh, Jonathan should be excited because the main actor is Sir Alec Guinness. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> you what? What? You it's, it's, it's not the greatest show on earth, so that's what makes it so much better. <laughs> that too. It's a it's a British comedy. Yeah. And you guys should try if you can, if you watch this movie and enjoy it, try to watch The Lady Killers this week yes. too. Ooh, okay. Cuz I love that film. Mhm. I and I'm one of those I'm one of those weird people who likes the Coen Brothers remake too. So, yeah, fair enough. All right. Well, with that, like to thank our producer Trav from our sister podcast, Loving Up for Living Up with Benjamin Bank. God, fuck, that's Oops. the show they're on. Loving Up with Benjamin Banks for producing our show. We'd like to thank Chad Ramsey for our most excellent theme song. We like to thank Megan and Jay Bellevue for our beautiful artwork. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at OscarWorthyPod and on Facebook at the OscarWorthy Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a nice five star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It really helps us to be seen in the almighty algorithm. Oh, Go ahead. Oh, did I interrupt your song? No, no that was it. You're going to moan. <laughs> <laughs> Five stars across the Paris skyline. Gene Kelly dancing into your hearts and into your ratings. Or Jonathan and Zach and Winston Churchill just hanging out, puffing on a big cigar. We like for you all. Have a damn fine day. <laughs>